Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello, and welcome to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Today, our honored guest is Angela Matsi. She is the founder of Architecting, and she has her own podcast. You can find her at architectingpodcast.com. And I'm just so excited to welcome her to the show from Cincinnati. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to be here. I appreciate that. I really am curious about how the concept of architecting came into um, your life um, and, uh, and, and how it became the inspiration for this larger purpose that you're fulfilling. Sure. So um, we'll start with, I am an architect and I work full time and I also am a single mom. I have two kids and I've gone through periods of my life where I had to deal with both parents being in poor health and eventually passing away and just really having to bump up against a struggle I think a lot of women deal with, which is how do I do work I love? How do I have an impact on the world doing that work and manage a personal life that can sometimes feel really chaotic because I don't want to put the brakes on my career. And so often I see women feel that they have to choose. And I've really made it a point in my own life to try to make different priorities to integrate work and life so that it feels choiceless to do what I love in the moment. And that can vary between whether it's a personal issue or a work-related issue. But I find that my personal life can actually give me more inspiration and energy to inform my work. And my work can help me develop better systems for thinking about my private life. And I wanted to really share that with other people because architecture is a very male-dominated industry. It's a creative profession, so you don't know you have a right answer, right? It's iterative, it involves a lot of collaboration. And so we can often work harder than we need to or fall into traps of perfectionism and over-performing um, and hypercriticalness of ourselves or procrastination. So, you know, there's a way to do this better. And I feel like I can help other people start to do that because otherwise we just get distracted by the busyness of just getting a project done and we forget the higher purpose of having an impact with that work. Yeah. And as women, as mothers, especially, um, not to say anything that women who aren't mothers yet or who chose not to be, but women especially have so much power. And I think we forget, like we actually control the GDP. Um, we're controlling most of the purchasing decisions that are made, period. Um, and we we just forget how much power we have. And 
when we get bogged down by the overwhelm of life and we're not really fulfilling our higher purpose, then I think we run into major issues of dissatisfaction, perhaps disease. Uh, there's usually something that happens in our lives that summons us to like reflect, reconsider and redirect. And um, I love the, the book that you were talking about that you, that you wrote. You wrote two books from what I understand. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, but about, about how our space can really dictate um, our creativity and, and, and our life. I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit more about, you know, why you created that body of work. Sure. So um, the first book is called Career Crisis, which focuses on how do we get clear on what our purpose is so that we can serve it. The second book focuses more on how do we make the space to be that creative person and a lot of time it's because we've bought into somebody else's definition of success. We're looking for external validation rather than doing what really feels aligned for us. And because of that, we are really allowing the bandwidth of our energy to be slowly dissipated by things that don't feed our soul instead of things that do. And when we can flip that around, we can actually have more energy because the things that we're doing excite us and inspire us rather than drain us. So that's what I really wanted to help people understand with the book. So things like we often will say, I don't have time for something when the truth is we don't know how to how to approach it or it feels overwhelming. So we talk about how could you reallocate just an hour of your day differently, but see real progress in moving towards goals that are important to you? Or how could you edit your commitments, whether they're commitments that your family has or commitments you personally have? You know, we don't need to buy into the myth that our children need, you know, lessons in five different things and need to be on three different teams and things like that. We can talk to them about what they really love and edit some of that down. We can encourage more people to support us and help us and our children to be more independent. So we're freeing up more and more of our time for self-care and for personal development. We can also look at ways that we have invested in that external validation to the point where we're draining ourselves pleasing other people. So are we overperforming because it has to be perfect versus I like to say, do it messy because when you show somebody something that looks too perfect, you're inviting them to feel like it's done. They have no role to play in the process versus when you show them something that feels more in progress, not only did you not have to get tangled up in you know a lot of work but it's actually going to allow you to have a more meaningful conversation about what's the next step because mm -hmm. the person feels like there's room for them to step in as well and yeah, to help shape the idea that. that's incredible i love how you frame that and i know the women listening can relate Absolutely. I mean, I know I can relate and I'm sure that the women listening can too. I mean, how many of us are paralyzed by our perfectionism? And the formula that you were just describing, just for those of you who are listening, it is really 
part of the formula, very essential part of the formula to how you achieve vitality. Yes, there are these lifestyle practices and diets and things like that, but but really the architecture of your time and sealing up what I call power leaks um, with the methodology that Angela is describing is really, really effective. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. So the other thing that a lot of my work as an architect has been studying the stress response and what that does in our body. And in case you weren't aware, I'll give a quick overview that when we feel stress, our body thinks we need to actually defend ourselves physically in some way, even though most of our modern day stressors don't require physically doing anything. So our body diverts all of our blood to our limbs. So we have strength to run or fight, shuts down our immune system, shuts down our digestive system, shuts down higher level thinking. And so literally this sets us up for disease because it creates digestive issues, mental health issues, inflammation in the body, which can lead to diseases like cancer, obesity, heart disease. But the other thing it does that's really harmful is it is a state of depletion for our body and we cannot create from that space. And usually when we feel stress, what we most need to do is be creative. Mm -hmm. So we are actually in a state where our body's working against us because we're shutting down the very things we need to be creative, which is our higher level brain function and our energy. Mm. So it's really important that when we start to notice that, that we can manage that and we can shut it down and start to say, is this really true? A lot of times the things that stress us out are not really true. They're right. just What story. do you mean by shut it down? What do you mean by shut it down? Well, being able to question it and to say, oh, yeah. oh right. to get I, see, yeah. I see that I'm feeling stress and I'm going to consciously try to understand that and work around it and move past it. Work because with taking, it. Yeah. when we take action, we're not in that same anxiety. You know, we have anxiety when we're worrying about something, but if we're taking action, we're not. So trying to say, are the things I'm worried about true? What would happen if I thought about it differently? Does it have to look that way? Does it have to be that way? What else could it be? How else could I do it? Helps us move into action. And then the other thing that we can do is we can really leverage a lot of findings in neuroscience about the way our brain works. So our senses give us literally billions of pieces of information every minute, more than we could ever process. And there's a gatekeeper function in our brain that filters it, much like a search engine would in a computer. So whatever is in our conscious mind sets the filter. So if we are just thinking in a loop, we're not filtering for new information. But if we can decide we want to reframe a problem, we actually start to see solutions arise in front of us just because we told our brain to look for something different. 
in all right. information. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like why you could talk about maybe a red car and then all of a sudden you see them everywhere because you told your brain yeah. to pay yeah. attention to that. Yes, exactly. It's so brilliant. I love leveraging neuroscience. It's <laughs> it's thrilling. Beautiful. So uh, where can people find more information about the book? So it is available on my website, architectingpodcast.com. If you buy it directly from me, it's a PDF and you also get a meditation along with it, but you can also buy it as a Kindle or hard copy on Amazon. So whatever your preference is, you can get it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's incredibly valuable and folks, we've talked about this before. Absolutely. A hundred percent of the women that have been on this show have talked about time, you know, the way they structure time as one of the top things that they need to do in order to stay on top of their game, in order to stay vital. And, and that's just the truth of the matter. And it's not as simple as scheduling your day and making sure that every hour is allocated intentionally. It's about really the um, process through and the intentionality with which you're, you're, you're scheduling your life to understand where you're resourced and how you're resourced. And it sounds like your book is providing a lot of tools that can help to support that. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of things I've worked with clients on, and I share a lot of stories in the book from real life situations, either that I've gone through or that clients of mine have gone through, because these techniques really do help you think about how you're spending your energy more than how you're spending your time. And yeah. that's the difference. Because we all know. When you're in the zone, my God, you get so much done so quickly, so effortlessly. Yeah. Yes. Or you can be stuck and be up all night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, you know, wrestling your way through it. Um, but I really appreciate, you know, you bringing to light the perfectionism syndrome that leads to paralysis or also agony. I mean, I think we all, all of us high performers, um, whether you're the CEO of your household, the CEO of your company or both. Um, we definitely, you know, have a lot of demands on our energy and time. And it is really important that we gain velocity in how we're coping and handling uh, the demands of our life. Because there's never been a time in history that I know of that has required so much of us. And we can do it all. We're extremely capable. But at what cost? Um, and unless and until we reflect on the very questions and, and concepts that you've presented, uh, in this time, we're really um, setting ourselves up for, you know, potential breakdown, maybe illness, um, you know, sometimes a crisis of some sort. And I think that we know better um, and we can do better in the sense of it's time to regroup and not to be selfish and narcissistic, but really to look at things through a different lens so that we can tighten up um, our act, so to say, and really be uh, mindful about how we're going about things. I just think that our generation, I know I was raised in a household where, you know, pleasing was really important, you know, being a good girl, being a good neighbor, being a good con church congregation member. Um, and it, it caused a lot of overextending. And it was okay to, you know, to be in that people pleasing phase. And it's just recently that it's come to a point where it's like, that's actually not healthy. It's not. And I'm not saying we should be mean or we should be narcissistic, like I said, but I think we really have to decide, you know, whose opinion matters and what is right. And to align with that, we've got to get into that creative thinking to even be able to receive the direction and discernment of what is the right next action. What is the yeah. right way? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you're a mom, um, and you not only have a full-time job, but you also have this very, um, deep, (laughs) you know, program that you run and in-person events and these books that you write. I mean, like you're extremely capable. Um, how do you manage your vitality? How do you restore yourself? Sure. So I definitely have built into my life time for myself. So when I get up in the morning, I get up earlier than I need to so that I have time to meditate and read and just have an hour that is me time in the morning that is enriching time. Then I go about my day, but I try to pace myself. I have blocks on my calendar. A lot of people probably do that so that I have some quiet focus time. That's important. I tend to have a lot of meetings during the day, but when I don't, I feel into what I want to work on. I don't always work on the thing that has the shortest deadline. If it doesn't feel inspirational to me, I don't do it because I know that when I want to do it, I will get it done so much faster and I will have a higher level vision to bring to the task. So I do very much try to align the work I do with what feels like the right thing in the moment. So sometimes that is the more detail-oriented work. Sometimes that is trying to make plans or structure something. And so I think it is important that we don't always just go down a to-do list in a linear fashion, but rather try to say, what feels good to me today? What two things would really just light me up if I could accomplish this? Yeah, I love that. I hope the women listening are inspired by that. I know I am because so often we are just really locked into like getting it done. And what you're describing is a whole new level of being that is going to then attract all kinds of different relationships, opportunities, and creative solutions that were previously impossible. I know for myself, I mean, gosh, I have a bachelor's, a master's degree in nutrition. I've been studying foodist medicine internationally for 30 plus years. And I have to say that um, right now, my biggest edge inside of this, inside of the nutritional health piece is intuitarianism, right? Really being able to tune in to what feels right, not from fear, not from emotion, not from anger, from worry, right? Not from those, like that divine wisdom, but from like innate you know, homeostatic, like what does my body need? Somatic intelligence. And there's a lot of clearing that's had to happen in order for me just to have access to that. And what you're describing is that, right? But applied to how you're, um, how you're choosing, you know, the tasks that, you, that, are, that are before you. So I think that's just such a beautiful practice to take on. So for those of you who feel ready and inspired, um, I can only recommend it and encourage it because it's just, um, it's just in, it's invoking a whole nother level of wisdom that women have access to, especially. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't realize that thing that's the bigger project that we really want to do, but that we're avoiding because of all the busy work, it's weighing us down energetically Ah. not to do it. And so if we prioritized that instead of all the little deadlines, not only would we feel more aligned, but we would just have this thing that's been sucking our energy because we're thinking about it even when we're not taking action, right? I know, I know. I know so many women are like, oh, I really want to do this project. I really want to write this book. I really want to do this. And it's like, ah, 
And there's something in the way, right? And that's what shows up as this resistance. And it is a sucking our energy. And you have a worksheet uh, on your site, right? That helps us understand where our resistance is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have it. Basically, it's a quiz. And based on your answer shows you the ways that you're putting obstacles up for yourself. So oh, you I never really, do that. What do you mean? I'm, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. So it, it has like three different personas of ways we get stuck and then advice on how to work around that so that the thing that you're most likely to do to sabotage yourself, you can become more aware of it because the sneaky thing about these things is they don't look like sabotage right? It, it doesn't look like sabotage to run errands. It doesn't right. look like sabotage to clean your house right. or help a neighbor fence report yeah. or whatever, right? But it is, it doesn't look like sabotage to feel like you're needed to put out every little fire. And so you spend your day flitting and multitasking and never get anything done. Because you've told yourself you have to do that. All these people have all these problems and you can't control what happens when, you know, but that isn't really true. Yeah. Yeah. I hope those of you who are listening are really taking this in because you are speaking the truth, my friend. That is the truth. And I'm just so delighted that you have um, taken on your purpose work uh, to serve in the way that you do. Oh, wow. It's just been such a joy to hear your words. Any um, other words of wisdom that you would like for our listeners to hear and know and see and feel? Yeah, well, so we've talked a little bit about how we can't create when we are overwhelmed, stressed and burned out. So the other thing I really want people to think about is rest. So quality sleep is a big one. It sets you up for your hormones to be better aligned, for your brain function to work better. When we're sleep deprived, it's actually worse than drunk driving. That's how much it impairs our brain function. And it also has physical consequences. But rest doesn't always have to look like sleeping. And I think that's a way that we kind of fool ourselves. We say, well, I didn't have time to take a nap or whatever. Just putting yourself in a different setting can be restful. So what do you need in the moment? Do you need to do something fun and creative to reset your brain? Do you need to spend time feeding your soul in the company of good friends? Mm. Do you need to maybe do something spiritual, whether that's prayer or meditation or yoga or just walking on the beach, you know, thinking about what would feel restorative is important because when we make time for rest, as counterintuitive as it is, because we think we're doing nothing, we're actually helping our brain to reset that search engine. And we start to see something called the adjacent possible, which is we, we frame problems that we're dealing with in a whole different way because we're exposing ourselves to different things. So not only is it restorative to our psyche to get rest, but it helps us to be more creative. I love that encouragement. So ladies, we talk about this just about every episode and you are doing such a brilliant job of articulating it to give ourselves permission to restore. And I have coached so many top doctors and CEOs 
And I can say with real certainty that the number one reason that they are unable to stick to their goals or to stick to the lifestyle changes that are required to achieve their goals is because they don't have this downtime, this restorative time. That's really meaningful. We need it. We absolutely need it. And I think the physical realm and the non-physical realm are not all that dissimilar. Mm-hmm. And you know, building muscles, you have to rest in order for the muscles to take shape or you injure yourself. And it's the same with restoration energetically, like you're describing. We have to allow the space for integration and assimilation, just like we would a good meal. We have to allow that. And so, like you said, so many things are coming at us more than ever um, at this time. And that's why I've offered these day retreats here in Malibu. And I offer um, in my programs these um, re- these retreats just to kind of take some time out. I mean, it, it is so so important. Everyone's um, restorative time looks differently. Some, For some, it's napping. For others, it's a bath. For some, it's reading. For some, it's writing. For others, it's a good conversation with a girlfriend, right? It, it, does, it can look so different, you know? It doesn't have to be elaborate, but it does have to be effective. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it changes a bit. I don't know about you, but my, my restorative time has changed. It's different now than it was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, but it, it has changed for me over the years. I also yeah, really enjoy it, cooking. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's important that we have resources, right? Because when we have, I always use the analogy of a video game. You know, you kind of go along and you collect little coins and then you encounter obstacles. Well, if you have enough coins, okay, I have this obstacle, but I could keep playing. But when you run out of coins, you lose a life in the game. Well, real life is the same way. When we have resources to cope, and the resources can look a lot of different ways. They can be childcare. They can be a friend network. They can be a professional colleague. They can be someone you delegate to. So think of resources as more than just financial resources, but- We often, as women, do not give ourselves resources. We may even have them, but we never use them. We never activate them. And that's a big part of it is using the resources we have and letting go of the need to control so that we do have the time available to work at our highest and best use instead of being drained by a lot of little distractions. Well, that's a multifaceted one, Angela. That's a real multifaceted one. (laughs) It's something I've been talking about a lot with my clients this week. It's so funny that you're bringing it up Um, because it's, it's, you know, the reasons why we seek that we have the need and we seek the need to control um, are really multifaceted. For some, it's to eliminate doubt. Uh, for others, it's to—it's uh, a false sense of security, right? There's so many layers to it. And the way you just described it, it sounded like it's like, well, let's just flip the switch, you know, <laughs> turn off the control. Yeah. And, and essentially, it is that easy. But but there are some layers to it. Um, and what you're saying is true. It's so true. And so yeah, I always I always say, you know. Even if you think you need to be all things to all people, you have to consider what are you really, how are we really showing up for those people? So, you know, it's easy to think, oh, I have a limited amount of energy resources, like it were a pitcher of water. And if I pour it all out, I have nothing left. 
But it's more than that. What if your pitcher is filled with toxic sludge? Because that's all you have. You don't have quality energy anymore. So what you're pouring out isn't even worth receiving. Yeah. I'm um, this morning I I was uh in my meditation, I was shown that like we don't we can't be cultivating poisoned seeds. And I look at seeds as like, you know, our thoughts, the creative thoughts that we're planting. Um, you know, the energy that we're, that we're using, the, the words that we're using, the intention behind those words. And so we really have to be vigilant in this time to clarify uh, the words, the intentions, uh, the energy resources, and so on and so forth, because, you know, we reap what we sow. It, it, it is just a, it's a fact. Um, wow. It's been so powerful to have you on the show, Angela. Thank you so, so much. If people want to take the quiz, they want to learn more about your book, um, tell them where they should go. We'll have it in the show notes as well, though. Sure. So I've kind of set it up to be one-stop shopping. If you go to architectingpodcast.com, you can access from the main page everything. So you can see where my programs are that I'm offering. You can click to link to the books. You can click to link to the podcast and um, some of the other free things that I offer. So it's all there right on the main page. So you only have to remember architectingpodcast.com. So it's um, easy to find. And I'm also on most social media platforms. So LinkedIn and Instagram are probably the two I use most, but you can also find me on Twitter and there is an architecting page on Facebook as well. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.